When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the IFL TV podcast in association with Lonsdale MTK Global, sponsored by William Hill. This is Omar Ahmed for IFL TV, proudly sponsored by Everlast. I'm at the headquarters of Frank Warren. I'm joined by Frank Warren himself. I believe this will be our last interview of 2021, unless something dramatic happens on <laughs> Christmas Day and I don't have to give you a call. Well, don't give me a call on Christmas Day, that's for sure. Yeah, no chance. How's things anyway, Frank? All good? Yeah, I mean, you know, we've had, we, you know, this. I was pleased this, you know, this year that we managed to get the fans back in, which is very important. I felt um, we've had some good results. We're in, all our fighters are in in good positions. Um, just a shame we are now with the, where we are with this uh, latest COVID situation, which is pretty awful. The Board of Control have uh, decided. They're the only governing body who have, but they decided to stop boxing in January. We had a show, as you know, planned for, well, we had it on sale for January. Um, so we've, we've sort of given that a lot of thought. And as a result of that, we are not gonna run a show, any shows in February, because who knows what's gonna happen at the end of January. And we were gonna run, so I think it was the 12th, we were on, the 12th of January. That's only gonna give us two weeks to basically sell a show. And it may, for all, for all we know, it may even get canceled again because they extended the period last year. Mm. If you remember, they locked down and then, then, then and, uh, done it for another, I think, another month or so, six weeks. So we're not gonna take that risk and waste everybody's time and wait, you know, be booking venues that we can't use. So we're gonna run three shows in March because I believe by then, I hope, be over the worst of this you know the problem with is with this this vaccine is just is nine out of ten people in hospital have are unvaccinated which is ridiculous by any any stretch of imagination that people can put the health service at risk um and it's it, it, it's it's terrible now it's just like it's just it's just rampant 67 percent of the population in london are unvaccinated i mean that, that, that's that's crazy stuff and uh all these conspiracy theorists, I mean, they should be, I don't know where their brains are. You know, I spent 10 days in hospital with COVID. I know Richard Schaefer's just been in hospital with it. And various other, you know, loads of people I know, I had my best friend died of it. So for people to say, you know, and not be vaccinated is, is, is ridiculous. They should bring in these passes. And if you haven't got a pass, you shouldn't be allowed in any, any sporting events, shops or anything. If you choose to be unvaccinated, that's your choice. You're allowed that. But that doesn't mean that your views can be forced on other people and certainly cripple our health service because that's what's happening. It's terrible. So Frank, is part of your decision not to run with a February show is that people at the moment are, are uncertain about you know, buying tickets and going to events. So if you do go on sell, it might not perform as well as if people will show I went to the uh, Arsenal, I mean, I was at Arsenal, the Arsenal West Ham game. There were a lot of empty seats there. And that, that game, two London teams, you know, hitting a bit of form, the pair of them. That was for the fourth place in the league, and there was there was empty spaces there. Uh, the Sunderland game, I know it's the uh, the uh, um, Caribou Cup, but having said that, you know, it, it was 
I mean, there were vast gaps in the stadiums. You know, you, you, I was in London yesterday. Uh, the shops are empty. The streets are, are you know, it's just, it's just, uh, it's a problem. And you know, and you can't rely on relying on anybody because because nobody's acting on on sort of any relevant in, information. Certainly, I don't think the board can say that that they're going to allow boxing to take place in February. So, what do we do? Print a load of tickets, get fighters training miss their Christmas, doing all the things you've got to do to be able to fight in, you know, as it were, in January and February. Give up your Christmas dinner, you know, really focus. It, it can't happen. So we've decided to draw a line under it, right off those two months, and, and put the put three shows on in March, as I said, to, uh, to accommodate all the fighters. So it's going to be a very busy March. Uh, yes, it will be. It will be, yeah. Could uh, one of those shows in March be headlined by Tyson Fury in the UK? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident that one of those shows will, will feature him. Uh, he'll, he won't be defending his WBC title. Uh, there's a problem there. Not of our making, or his making, I should say. WBC and Dillian White are in arbitration. That hearing's not set to be heard until March. Um, we can't negotiate. It's all very well, you know, Eddie Hermby's nonsense about negotiating. Um, how can you negotiate when no one, when the WBC haven't said what the splits are? So in his mind, he thinks he's getting 45%. In our mind, it's 20% based upon the purses, his previous purses that were lodged under WBC um, regulations. Um, and they won't determine what the percentages are until the arbitration. So until that happens, we can't negotiate. And that doesn't mean the fight's going to take place in April. We've got to negotiate, book a venue, depending on who, who, who wins the, if we can negotiate something amicably, or who wins the purse bid. And that won't go until June. So Tyson will fight, but not for the WBC title. He will fight. Okay. So a lot of questions uh, come from that statement you just made, Frank. So when do you believe the WBC will determine the splits? They won't. The arbitrator will in March. That could take forever, couldn't it? Well, that's when the hearings, uh, the, the deadline is for the hearing sign that stand is in March. But it's not that this has nothing to do with our side of the table. You know, we're ne we, we, we are, you know, we're innocent parties in this. This is not not our thing. This is a, a leg legal dispute between the WBC and um, Dillian White, which is being s settled by an agreed arbitration, as I've said, will take place in March. But Tyson can't sit around and wait for that to happen. So he's gonna, he's gonna fight. He may defend his ring belt, uh, we'll see. But he will fight sometime in March. Okay. I've been talking to Bob Aaron on that and Tyson, and that's the direction he wants to go in. Uh, and what have the conversations with Bob been about having the show in the UK? Well, determining where the best place is to put it on. Um, if there's still, if we're still having real problems here with um, COVID, we may wind up back in the States. At the moment, we can't determine that. But the, uh, for me personally, the ideal thing would be for Tyson to fight here in the UK. And I'd like to see him have a homecoming. He's not fought here for nearly two and a half years now. It's yeah. a long time, and he's never defended his title here. And it'd be great for the fans to see him. So that's what we're we're looking to do because he can't be inactive because of the problems caused by this arbitration between the BC and White. Has there been any interest from the Middle East about bringing Fury over there? There's been some conversations. Yeah, there's been some conversations. But where we are now is, to, is, is you know, we haven't, you know, we've got to sort out an opponent first of all before we can move any further forward. What are we looking at opponent-wise? I'm not going to go into that, man, because it, you know we, we've got to get certain things done. But you know we are we are working quite hard on it, and and there is about four in the frame, and uh, we've got to make a decision on that 
as subject to their availability and so forth. Okay, just back to Dylan White, if that situation does resolve itself soon with the arbitration and then the WBC you know, determine the splits, let's just say that, that moves quickly, will you guys be back open to that fight with Dylan White? Of course, he's not said he doesn't want to defend his title. You know, the fact of the matter is, is you can't negotiate though. When one guy's got it, he said he thinks he's getting 40, 45% of a pot and we feel differently and the WBC feel differently about it. Even though they're not said it, I know for a fact that he, he, he lodged his purse, which was 300,000 for his last fight. You know, Tyson was, was you know, far more, more money than that. And so that's how they determine the value of a fighter and the value of a purse bid. When it goes to purse bids, well, this is what you normally earn. So this is what it is so um that but that's for them to decide that's for the arbitrator to decide and then and then you know hopefully he, he, he does the sensible thing and then we can get on with it and then we know you know dillian dillian will know what the bottom line is and we can commence negotiations serious negotiations and if those negotiations do commence a lot of people believe a, a deal won't be reached do you see that differently no i think i th look I believe that where there's a will, there's a way to get it done. But if there's not, then it go to purse bit. Whatever it is, it is. I just say that because obviously you guys are saying 80-20 for your reasons. They're saying 55-45, so it's quite a long way off. What do you think their reasons are for saying they want a 45% split? Because he was interim champion at one time, but he got beat. And he won, and he had a rematch and got it and won back, but that, that changed the position. But more importantly, purse bids are determined on. Remember, he got, once he got beat, that, that finished his, his position as interim champion. He then had another fight. He had a rematch and so forth. But that didn't install him to be, as far as the percentage is concerned, with, in our opinion, a totally different. And more importantly, as I say, purse bids are determined on how much you earn. Previous years. For example, you're going to fight Canelo. Canelo can fight anybody and go and earn, you know, say 40 million. I'm just using that as a number, 40 million dollars. So say that whole per, that whole fight that he's involved with generates 60 million, and you take a 40 expenses and where that next down to 50, and he fights a somebody who's the interim champion. He's going to give me 45 percent of that money. It, it will never happen. It just doesn't happen. Mm. That's what I'm saying. That's how it, how it works. And it's worked like that for, for you know, since I've, well, for many, many years, you know, at least uh, 30 odd years. Last question on this. Uh, we'll have to ask you about some comments that Eddie Earn made to behind the gloves uh, to Michelle Joy Phelps, saying that you're doing a, a bad job for your client, i.e., Tyson Fury, that you aren't willing to negotiate a rematch clause for that Dylan White fight. Well, I, I don't really want, I, first of all, I believe Tyson wins the fight. Secondly, I don't, and I mean, listen, anything can happen in boxing, one punch, a cut, anything. So I get the get the situation regarding rematch. We've got a rematch clause in there, and in the meantime, Joshua gets it on again with Usyk, and whoever wins that fight, it means we're now lumbered with a rematch clause and we can't get the big fight on that everybody wants to see. So I, I, I don't, I'm, I particularly don't want to do that. I just want to see Tyson get in there, win the fight, and then go and fight for all the belts. That's what I want to see. I don't want nothing, because that's what part of these problems have been in the past, you know? And we, I just don't feel it's appropriate at the moment for real. It's not about doing a bad job for our client, you know. Um, we've done a good job for our client. He's the number one heavyweight in the world. A very, very good job for him. You know, he's undisputed number one heavyweight. Um, I don't know what uh, I don't know where he comes from with that. You know, uh, what his views are and my views. 
uh, obviously at times are, are totally different and I've certainly got a different view and on that all I want is Tyson to get a fight out he's only had one fight in 22 months I want it to be out again in March then get get rid of the, the obligation with Dillian White based upon the terms that are, the terms of, um, of what, what what's being decided and then I want to see him come through that fight and then just fight for the four belts I don't want nothing I personally don't want nothing else in the way mm. that's a good job for, for boxing and for uh, our client I believe and you believe by sometime in January you'll have a, a specific date and an opponent for oh, we, I, I, I would like to ha have it done by you know the next few days wow okay because we are, we are we are talking at the moment yeah okay let's talk about your other heavyweight so Joe Joyce was scheduled to be uh, out um, injury that he suffered just talk to me about the injury first if he's right he, he's uh, broke his wrist um, we, we agreed to fight and um, sent contracts off and everything. We were about to announce it, as you know, uh, a couple of days ago. Yesterday we were supposed to announce it. But unfortunately, he broke his um, wrist, so uh, he's going to be out of action for a while now. And I'm hoping, um, hoping we'll, he will get out sometime in late April, May with a bit of luck. Okay. And what is the situation with the WBO now? He's number one. He's number one ranked fighter. They're not doing anything with the heavyweight division at the moment because obviously uh, they've got this fight to be determined between um, uh, for the WBO belt between um, uh, Usyk and Joshua. Okay. Um, Daniel Dubois as well. We're expecting you soon. Yes, he'll be fighting in March. He'll be fighting in March, and we'll be announcing. We will be announcing his fight, his uh, opponent very very you know i would think within the next week to two weeks but we he will be fighting and it'll be in, in a significant fight has it been hard determining opponents for joe and daniel well because of the positions they're in it has it has in some ways um, you know originally um uh daniel we were looking for him to fight on the undercard of tommy fury yeah. and um and jake paul but um that didn't happen so as i say he will be uh, he will be out um again in march and that WBA situation with Char and Bryant, that mess, has that been resolved? Look, look he's number one. Okay. He's number one, and he's gonna he's gonna be in, in in a significant fight. So March is looking really strong for you. You're hopefully getting Tyson Fury out on a headline, Daniel Dubois Correct. on a headline, yeah. and who's the other one? Uh, well, I want to get out. We've got also um, uh, we've got Zach Parker, who's number one. Um, he'll be fighting um, March or the latest April. I want to get him on in Derby, in his hometown. We want to do that. There's an arena up there, that new, new arena. So we want to get him on, you know, get him on there and get him some, uh, you know, and build up a following. He's, he's built. He's, I mean, he's shown what he could do to a televised audience. We want to get the get the locals behind him, and uh, and I and they, you know, I think we can do a really good job with him. He's a, he's a superb fighter. He's done brilliantly for us. Um, you know, with you know, for me, he's one of a. Uh, I think one of the better things that we've done last year in signing. Yeah, I think I was having a conversation with someone the other day, and they were saying who's in the UK, who's emerged as kind of the kind of the under the radar, one of the best fighters of 2021, and, and Zach Parker came to mind. He's become a bit of a star, isn't he? He has. He's done the job in the ring. He looks the part, and, he, and more importantly, he he does the job. You know, I like him. I really do like. The, you know, he went under the radar. I mean. I, you know, I, I say and I admit it. I, I'd hardly seen anything of him prior to signing him. Me, what a revelation he's been and uh, you know we're delighted now Frank let me uh, ask you about Tommy Fury um, I was just in Tampa for the Jake Paul fight where we witnessed arguably knockout of the year Frank <laughs> <laughs> it 
It was a bit of a knockout, wasn't it? Um, look, we want to get the fight on. Tommy wants it on. We've been in touch. We've been talking. The man, his management team's been talking to us, and uh, hopefully, I hope we can get it on. Resurrect it and get it on. Tommy wants it, and it's uh, you know for the both of them, it's a fight they they both said they wanted. Public bought into it, so I want to see that happen. I want to see it happen for Tommy. Jake Ball did go on social media and said that Tommy, he, he said your name, he said Queensbury have gone completely silent. Could you make a comment on that? Well, I can. And they was converse, before he even said that, there were comment. There were, there's been discussions going on. He needs to speak to his team. So I can guarantee you and assure you, there were talks going on. One thing I can say about Jake Ball, just being on a fight week with him, he's a very, very good self-promoter. Oh, he's a great. Pre him and him and Floyd Mayweather. Brilliant promoters. I mean, you know, brilliant promoters. Tyson Fury, another one. They're brilliant promoters. They, they, you know, they, they, they get behind and promote the shows. But uh, Jake Paul, he's a, you can't knock him in that. You know, as, as you know, the amount of fights that he's had are what they have. But but as a as a promoter and as selling a fight and selling himself, he's he's in the top three in the world. I mean, there's no doubt about that. The rhetoric out there from. The Americans and, and, and Jake Paul and, and their team was that, you know, they didn't really take note of Tommy Scans or the injury stuff, but they just said he, he ducked the fight. Well, that's stupid. You know, we, we, the scan was made public. And, I mean, you was at press conferences. You heard him coughing and spluttering at the press conferences. I did. I mean, I, I know that there was a video going on. You could hear him. You know, go back and watch him. He's been struggling. Like, like most of the bloody country has been struggling with with colds and coughs and COVID. I mean, it's a fact. And they know the sums of money involved. And you think he would walk away from that? It's just, it's not even, it's not even worthy of, a, of an answer, to be quite honest. And Tommy um, also did state that it was his team who called him out. He wanted to carry on. Yeah, but you, but you can't do that. You know, sometimes you've got to be protected from yourself. There are fighters that get in the ring. Some shouldn't be in the ring. They need protecting from themselves. See it the weekend, just gone. And encouraging them to fight when you know they they're they're well gone. But I certainly wouldn't let somebody get in there who's who, you know who's with a broken rib. I mean, a broken rib and a blood and also a, you know a dreadful bloody viral infection. That's madness. So why are you confident that fight can be rescheduled? Because Jake said he he won't do it. Well, he may not do it. I'm not confident we can okay. reschedule it. I'm hoping we can do it, and I'm hoping that he can. You know, he's called Tommy out enough. He's had enough to say about Tommy ducking him. Well, will Tommy will fight him next, and and in the meantime, Jake's had a bit more experience as a professional fighter, so that should stand him in good stead. And as you say, he had a spectacular knockout, um, and that might even give him even more confidence against Tommy if he fancies the fight still. But if he fancies it, it's there to be done. And if it doesn't happen, obviously Tommy was scheduled to fight for millions there. Would it be difficult to go back for fighting for five figures, Frank? <laughs> I'm not even going to go there with that. You know, that's, that's uh, you know, obviously him and him and uh, Jake Paul's a unique situation, a unique event. Um, I'm a, I'm an optimist that we can get it over the line. At least I hope we can. And you know, a lot of people have said that although the knockout was spectacular. They weren't very impressed with Jake Paul's performance, and, and people are now saying that you know, Tommy could deal with him in a couple of rounds. What, what do you think? I fancy the fight. I mean, that's why we make it. I mean, I, in an idea, I always like to put fighters in with fights that I fancy. Fancy him to win. I fancy him to win. And uh, Jake Paul and his team feel differently about it. But there's only one way you're going to find out, and that's to get him in, get him in together. 
Well, another fight I know you fancy very much is David Abanusian and his chances against Conor Ben. Um, what is the situation there? Well, there isn't. Um, <laughs> everything we say gets totally ignored. But I've got a better idea. We done. We met. I said, I said the same thing a few years ago with Ryan. Was it Ryan Burnett when in, in Ireland? Let Matrum and the Zone put the fight on between the two of them. We won't even, you know, that's how, how confident I'm my man wins. And I'll pay David. I'll pay, you only got to pay him. I'll pay him. Okay. So essentially they're getting a free opponent. Then. Free opponent. Good business. They do good business on, on the zone. They do good business. It's a good fight for everybody. You know, Connor's had a really good win last time out. And uh, all they got to do is pay their man. How does Avenusian Ben go? Well, I wouldn't be saying I'll pay my man if I didn't fancy him. But you know, do you believe he stops Conor Ben? I think if he, I think he'd give him a real, real problem, and I think he, I think he, he probably will. But listen, I've been wrong before, but uh, that's my judgment. So he was ordered to fight Virgil Ortiz Jr. Now we know Ortiz is fighting Michael McKinson. Well, you see, he don't fancy the fight with him now. So we're also speaking to um, governing body about that, and uh, hopefully we get some sort of resolution on that in the new year. But he's ready. Look, he's ready to fight anybody. You know, he's he's a he's a he's a bit of a performer, and he's a very exciting fighter. Uh, so he has no fear in getting with anybody. You know, world champions or whatever, and, he, and you know wh whoever he gets in with, you know it's going to be a good fight. And I'd have loved to see him with Ortiz. That would be an excellent fight. Definitely would have. Uh, what did you make of Derek Chisora's loss to Joseph Parker Frank? Um, it was it was it, it was it was uh, it was an okay it was an okay fight to watch. There was nothing wrong with the fight. It was a good fight, but it's, it was at the level it's at. And uh, for Derek, you know, he, he I mean, he, I, I thought his corner could have pulled him out. You know, he was he took a lot of punishment in that fight, and you can't keep and when you keep doing that continually in fights, we know about being brave and walking forward and all that stuff, but that it comes back to haunt you in, later in your life fights like that and that's without all the sparring in the, in the in you know preparation for fights all those things it's not good for you was he 38 now 37 or 38 38 38 you know he's just, just, it should have maybe I don't know listen, if he wants to fight one of my guys I'll take it in a heartbeat but really he should be calling it a day it's not you know what's what's he you know where is he now he's like a gatekeeper isn't he he's I mean he hasn't had a win for two, two years I don't think now well, so, so it is what it is after the fight in the, in the post-fight press, his name was mentioned with Deontay Wilder. Did you see that? Well, that, if I was Deontay Wilder, I'd take it in a heartbeat. But he's, you know, it, it, it is what it is. Um, and I see afterwards, you know, um, you know, what was it Eddie Hearn saying about, oh, he's, you know, you, these guys, they want to fight and that. We know they want to fight, but your job is, your job and my job and the border control's job is to know when they should stop fighting. Danny Williams is a prime example of that. You know, I stopped him fighting, you know, that was it. No more. Stopped him fighting. And uh, I know he went abroad and started, you know, he's doing, you know fighting abroad on, on these, uh, you know, Eastern European countries and so forth, but shouldn't be fighting. That, that, you, you, you're, it's beyond doubt this will catch up to you, when, catch up with you when you're older. And he's got money, Derek. He must have money now, unless he's, so if he's got money, you know, he wants to be able to remember where the money is, and what bank it's in and so forth. So, you know, if I was him, he's had a good career. He's had some good shots. He had a great fight against Klitschko, give Klitschko the toughest fight he had for many, many years. 
Um, but it is what it is. And uh, my opinion, retire if he wants to be, be as I say, if like one of my guys, you know, I'll take it. Cause for me, it's, uh, you know, him against Joe Joyce or against Daniel. They're good fights for my guys. And bad fights for him, but good fights for my guy. So about the light heavyweights, Anthony Yard a few weeks ago with an emphatic win, brilliant win, um, resurrects his career, sort of, doesn't it? Yeah, I agree with that. You know, it was like, he got, tra he had, I know I keep banging on about, you know, the limited experience he has as an amateur, and also as a pro, because of his power, he was blasting people out. And the two fights that he, he, he got beaten, he was on the judge's card in front of, in, in uh, Russia, um, had the guy, had Kosovo in really in trouble, really in trouble, and he was probably 10 seconds away from winning that fight, but he left it too long. He could have done that earlier on in the fight and been world champion. You know, in, when he was win, in with, um, uh, uh, with uh, Lyndon. Lyndon, sorry, Lyndon Arthur, when he was in with Lyndon, that first fight, he did the same thing. He was following around. Lyndon was boxing well. He was using his jab and, and, uh, and, and it was a close fight. L last round he clipped him, but, you know, got beat. But this one, he came back and showed what other way, I know people go, oh, you, you like Anthony. I, I like him because I know he can do that. I've seen, I've, I know he's got that in him to do that. And if on his night, when he fights like that, you know, you got to fancy him against anyone. I mean, he's a devastating puncher, great finisher. And when he's showing that head movement and not following and cutting the ring down rather than following him around, you know, throwing a jab, which he did, the head movement was superb. Um, you're, seeing, you're seeing a different fighter, and now he's number one, having stalled him in number one in the uh, WBO. Due to fight the winner of Joe Smith Jr. and Callum Johnson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a great fight, isn't it? That's a great fight for the winner. Hopefully it's Callum, and we can, that'd be a great fight in the UK. So, uh, yeah, I take it you'll be flying out early January to see yeah. Callum? Yeah. Should be a cracking fight. That's a good fight. That's a very good fight. I mean, they're both, both come to fight. They're both tough guys. They both come to fight. And I think, you get, I think that's, you know, that's going to be a real, you know, real war whilst it lasts. I don't see it going the distance. One of them, I think one of them will go and uh, that's Joe Smith goes. Just to clear something up as well, of course, Top Rank have their deal with Sky Sports. We know that's a Top Rank show. However, as your fighter is uh, the opponent in, that's in on this, BT. Th this will be on BT Sports. Correct. Just to clear that. Correct. Okay. On the undercard of um, Arthur Yartu, obviously we saw a fight between Bradley Skin and Hamza Shiraz, which yeah. gathered a lot of talk. I haven't actually talked to you about it. Obviously I did it on the night, but not since then. A lot's happened since then. So we know you offered uh, the fight to Bradley Skeet, the rematch. Yeah. Um, where are we with that? Well, we offered it, and uh, he and, and first of all, Hamza offered it, and then we followed up with two or three written offers, spoke with um, with him, and I didn't personally know Andy Allen from I spoke with him and spoke with um, Dominic Ingle, um, and they said that uh, they wanted it. Then they said that he wouldn't have enough time to prepare because obviously, because we were going to do that on February the 12th. So where we are now is um, basically to forget about February the 12th. We can put it on in March, which gives him time to prepare now. So we will have time to prepare. So if he wants it, I mean, he can let us know, you know, in the next sort of 48 hours or whatever it is, he's got the fight. I want to see the fight. I want to see him back in now. I want to see it, see it done. You know, the referee did what he did on the, on the night. I know a lot of people complained about it. I've read a lot in the boxing news and so forth. But at the end of the day, the referee was in there to make a decision. And the referee 
asked him, I could hear what he was saying because I was sitting ringside and that's where he got knocked down and he got hit, you know, the uh, uh, hit, what, hit whilst he was down there. So I heard what he said and the referee said, do you want to carry on? Do you want to get up? And he got up to fight. So the referee immediately deducted points from um, from Hamza. And that, that, was his, that was his decision. You can't get a boxing board, can't overthrow a decision. It's like a football match. You lose three nil, or sorry, you draw one all and one of the goals is a bit iffy. They're not gonna say, oh, we're sorry, we're gonna change that. And they couldn't, they couldn't do that. Plus it was the WBO's title that was on the line. And all they could do is recommend the WBO look at it. And that's where we are, that's what happened. But look, the easiest way to get this back and sorted out is to both of them get back in the ring again. And then uh, the best man will win on, on the night. Um, and you, what, what everybody else should bear in mind, yeah, he was in front, um, Bradley. Hamza, was it his best? No, there was a little bit like Anthony Yard against Lyndon Arthur in the first fight about it, you know, where he was not cutting the ring down, more or less fighting. But then he started getting a bit of room. And I noticed he caught him earlier in the previous round. And when he, he did it, he knocked him down with a shot. It would have been interesting to see, had those punches when he hit him when he was down. Had he not done that, he got up. I, th I think he would have gone on to win. But that's a personal opinion. I'm sure a lot of people got different ideas. But it's an easy way to sort it out. Let's get it back on and we can do the fight in March. Gives him time to prepare. And then Hamza can get himself, uh, get, get his fight on and then he's got Ramadan. So if you want to get it on, Brad, it's there for you, mate. It's there to be done. Can you see why people were were aggrieved that? Because the first, the, the the punch that put him down, that happens a lot. I know it's back of the head, but that happens so much in boxing. But the the two shots that Hamza hit him with while Brad was on the floor, I mean, can you see why people were aggrieved? Oh, of about course, that? I can. I mean, I've seen fighters. We've seen that. You know, I've seen that many occasions in fights, and I've seen seen uh, if he if he his corner. Dominic was saying, stay down, stay down, because he wanted to get disqualified. But he got up. He was asked, do you want to fight on? Get up. And that's what he decided. That was his choice. He chose to do that. So that's what, it is what it is. I hear what people are saying, but he got up. You can't reverse, you know, you can't say, get up and fight. Oh, and then you get knocked out. Oh, sorry, I shouldn't have got up. Let's disqualify him. It's one or the other. And that's what it was. He, that was his choice to get up. And as a penalty, the referee deducted point. I think what Brad was saying was that apparently Steve Gray, the referee, was saying, I'm going to stop the fight if you don't get up. So Brad thought he had to get up. He said, he said yeah, he said, he said it, it would be, he did say, he said he would be stop, stopped. And I think he said he'd be stopped in his favour or something like that was said. But you look, Steve Gray, if you remember, in the first fight with Tyson, and it, he was the referee, wasn't he? Oh, sorry, he was judge. a judge. Yeah. yeah. I didn't agree with his scoring. I thought his scoring was atrocious in that fight. Tyson won that first fight with Deontay Wilder. That happens in boxing. You know, I was really pissed off with him over that. So, we, you know, it's, 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 these things happen in boxing. And some people, I hear what you're saying, some are agreed by it. But the easiest way, you can't change history. It is what it is. So just do the rematch. And who's ever the best man will win. Okay. Well, listen, Frank, um, I think just one last point to raise before we close off. Uh, you've had a bit of a change in the office. Darren Hanley, who made such an, a good impression. Oh, he's brilliant, Darren. He's done um, a really good job. Yeah. Has moved on, and we wish him the best. We do. So you've got Matt in 
um, yeah. who people know he used to work for the sounds for Keller. Yeah. Um, he's with you now. But just a, a quick one about Darren. You know, you ask anyone in the boxing industry, they all no. took to him, and he did a brilliant job with you. He done a, a fabulous job for us. I mean, a fabulous job. Probably, probably, I'm not being disrespectful. Probably about the best job we've had in a long, long time. You know, very professional. Understood what Queens were about. Understood what we were about. And he'd done a magnificent job. I was very disappointed that he, he left, but he had such a magnificent job outside of boxing that he's taken, and good luck to him and his family, and I can't blame him for, for doing that, and uh, and that's it. But you know, in the meantime, we've got a, a great uh, great new uh, great new man on board in Matt. He knows boxing, he gets it, he's very enthusiastic. Uh, so I'm, you know, we're gonna start the new year, new team, old team and new team, and we move forward and hopefully, uh, can hopefully build on what we've built this year, which is get manoeuvring, getting our fighters into good positions to fight and hopefully win world titles. And what have BT Sports said to you about, in terms of the feedback for this year and what they want next year? They loved what we've done this year. We've had real good feedback from them. You know, we, we, we're a good partnership and next year it's onwards and upwards. I mean, it's a bit it's sad we're only gonna have one show, which will be the show in, in uh, from the States with uh, Callum and Joe Smith. But then March we'll be busy from there on, providing there isn't uh, another massive lockdown or outbreak of um, COVID. So, you know, fingers crossed for us and everybody that, you know, we, you know, the country and the world for that matter, you know, overcomes all this so we can get back to some form of normality. And just a couple of days away from Christmas, all the people who tune into these interviews and watch you, all the guys who buy tickets and support your events and, and, and watch on BT Sport, quick message to the fans, Frank. I really appreciate all your support, all for, for the shows that we do and for boxing. You know, it's great that you guys are out there. I hope you all have a really lovely Christmas with your families, a successful new year. Frank Warren, thank you for all the time you've given us uh, this year. I'm sure we'll do plenty more next year. But uh, for now, Merry Christmas to yourself and your whole family and everyone in the office. And uh, Happy New Year as well. And to you, Mark. Thank you, Frank. Cheers, mate. Thanks for listening to the IFL TV podcast, sponsored by William Hill, in association with Lonsdale MTK Global. Sports Social Podcast Network.